0: go on this Monday, September the 25th, in the year of our Lord 2023. You're listening to Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we take a look at readings for the following Sunday, which is not only the 18th Sunday after Pentecost, but it's also October the 1st, 2023. Boy, we're out of September. And readings are from Ezekiel 18, Philippians 2, and Matthew 21. We're going to take a look at Ezekiel chapter 18, beginning with verse 1. If you have any questions to me about what I'm about to say, or you have a question that can be answered on Open Mic Friday, then email me at baker at brick.net. That's it. B-R-I-C-K dot net and Tom Baker in front of that. And we will hopefully then, for all kinds of reasons, reply to you. So, Old Testament reading, Ezekiel 18. Here's where you need a pastor again. Because you can read the English, but you may not understand what Ezekiel is saying. He begins, The word of the Lord came to me. So this means that he's inspired by the Holy Spirit And the Lord is asking him this question. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Now, When you read this, you can probably understand what is trying to get across. And that is, when the fathers have sour grapes, it makes the children's teeth set on edge. Well, what's wrong with that proverb? Well, verse 3 says, As I live, declares the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. So how is God understanding the proverb, which the people are using, and which he says will no longer be used in Israel? He says, Behold, All souls are mine. The soul of the Father, as well as the soul of the Son, is mine. The soul who sins shall die. So what God the Father is saying here is that when people in Israel who are having a really rough time they're taken into Babylonian captivity, etc. And they say the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. What they're doing is, as children, they're saying it's not my fault that my teeth are not in good shape. It's really the fault of my fathers who ate sour grapes. In other words, they're eluding the responsibility for their own sin. And therefore, they're really angry at God because they have the impression that as children of their fathers, their teeth are set on edge because their fathers have eaten sour grapes. Well, that's just not true. God takes a look at each person and does what is necessary, especially for those who sin. Verse 25. You say, God still speaking, the way of the Lord is not just. Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? Now, we had a really good example last week in Matthew 20, how it appears that God's ways are not just. Remember, he gives us Parable about the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning and hired laborers for his vineyard. Now, they all agreed that they would receive a denarius a day, which was a day's wages. But then this individual, the master of the house, went out and hired people at the ninth hour the sixth hour and even the eleventh hour he went out found laborers why do you stand idle here all day they said because no one has hired us so he hired them to go into the vineyard well when the time came for the end of the day which was the 12th hour the owner of the vineyard told his foreman to pay the people but beginning with the last up to the first so the people who were hired about the 11th hour they only had worked one hour they also received a denarius so that those who were hired At the beginning of the day, they imagined that they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the harbor and burden of the day and the scorching heat. But then the master of the house replies to them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. And then the king representing God. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity and the last will be first and the first last this is a tremendous teaching about the kingdom of heaven which is the holy christian church including not only here on earth but also after judgment day you may have come to the faith like i did when I was baptized as an infant, and I've lived decades with that faith in my heart. I've been working in the church, etc. but if I go to a hospital and visit one of my members and in the same room as another person who hears me talk about Jesus and say a prayer for my members, it's not unusual that this person may ask me to say a prayer for him, even though he's never darkened a church's door. In other words, he's not a believer, but was very interested in what I was saying to my member. So I go over to his bed, and I share with him the gospel of Jesus Christ and say a prayer for him. And he comes to faith but dies that night. So whether he's 60 years old or 80 years old, he's only had faith for one day. And yet God will grant him total bliss in heaven as he will those who have been baptized as infants. see, that doesn't seem fair or just I mean I'm working as a pastor many of my hours are involved in religious work and yet I realize that my bliss in heaven will not be greater than someone else's in fact that's kind of taught in Philippians chapter 2 which is the other reading for that Sunday coming up because it says do nothing from rivalry or deceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves let each of you look out not only for his own interests but also to the interests of others wow So we don't do good works in order to impress God to get to heaven. We only can do a proper good work called a fruit of the Holy Spirit after we have been totally saved. And part of that fruit is to count others as more significant than yourself. So you do look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. In other words, this proverb that, were, that was being used by the Israelites in captivity, the fathers have eaten sour grapes, and that's why the children's teeth are set on edge. No, God is saying all souls are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. And the son or the father who sins shall die. Now he's talking about those who have no repentance. So he's arguing with Israel that the way of the Lord is just. And if you're talking about who's unjust, Is it not your ways that are not just? Verse 26 of Ezekiel 18 continues, When a righteous person turns away from his righteousness and does injustice, he shall die for it. For the injustice that he has done, he shall die. Now, we do have people who have been righteous in the church and they fall away from the church for all kinds of reasons. They may take unnecessary relationships with someone else other than their wife. They may get involved with a group of people who are constantly Making fun of God, and they believe it. Verse 27. Again, when a wicked person turns away from the wickedness he has committed and does what is just and right, he shall save his life. What's God talking about there? He's talking about the life of sanctification that occurs after you have been totally saved how do you turn away from your wickedness it's not that you stop being wicked because that's impossible until judgment day but is that you repent of your wickedness that's how you turn away from it that was the message of john the baptizer with that sacrament of repentance or baptism of repentance to turn away from the wickedness he has committed and by doing what is just and right he shall save his life verse 28 because he considered and turned away from all the transgressions that he had committed he shall surely live, he shall not die. Now, in this context, to die doesn't mean an earthly death. No, to die refers to eternal death. And what God is saying is someone who is living the life of sanctification who does sin but is repentant of that sin and turns away from that sin, he shall receive eternal life. He will not die. Yet, God says, the house of Israel says, the way of the Lord is not just. O house of Israel, are my ways not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? And a really good example of that would be Jonah. He was told by God to go to the Gentile city of Nineveh and tell him about God and his plans. Well, Jonah didn't want to go. He wanted that city to be destroyed by God but God did not destroy it. Instead, he sent Joseph into a large fish who then vomited him up on the beach. He went to the town of Nineveh and begrudgingly spoke the word of God, went up on a mountain to see the town destroyed, but it was not. And while he was on that mountain, he was being shaded by a plant, a big bush. And it died, and he lost his shade. And he was really angry at God. Well, there's a man who thought God was not just in making him lose his shade by putting to death the tree. But he seemed not to care for the thousands of people in Nineveh. And they came to faith by the word of Jonah. That's a really comforting thing for pastors because Jonah begrudgingly was preaching to them. His heart wasn't really in it. And yet the words made a difference in those people's minds. They believed what Jonah was saying about God and his forgiveness repented of their sins, and were saved. Jonah really thought God was unjust, but he was not. Verse 30 of Ezekiel 18 continues with God speaking. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways declares the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, lest iniquity be your ruin. Now, iniquity is sin. How will it be their ruin? Not because they do the sin. We often sin by thought, word, and deed. But because there's no repentance. There's no going to God, asking him to forgive us our our sin. So God says again, cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed, and make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Now, if that doesn't remind you Of the prayer of David. Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. So, how do we make ourselves a new heart and a new spirit? Well, there is the sacrament of baptism. And we bring ourselves to that baptism, we bring our children to that baptism and we can be assured that during that sacrament of baptism the lord brings us not only faith but gives us the gift of the holy spirit so that we began to think how god thinks and therefore we turn from our transgressions we may still occasionally sin But by repentance and faith in the promises of the gospel, we are using our new heart and new spirit. God asks, why will you die, O house of Israel, as you blame God for your problems? And then God says, for I have no pleasure In the death of anyone, declares the Lord God, so turn and live. That reminds us of another who had a death, namely Jesus, his only begotten son. Did God not have pleasure in that death? Because Jesus was obeying the word of the father? No, not necessarily. It's kind of like a parent who has, say, a 12-year-old son, and they find out he has an illness that will necessitate some kind of a surgery. And so the father or the mother talks to the child, encouraging them to agree with having that surgery. And they do agree to go to the hospital to have that surgery. But does the parent take pleasure in realizing that they're going through surgery? No. The parent has no pleasure in the surgery of their child. They're happy when it all works out okay. But during the surgery, there is no pleasure. And that God the Father did not have pleasure in the death of his son is clear from the words of Jesus. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me alone on the cross? God turned his back on his son. So that his son could fully pay for your sin and my sin. That was the gift of God to us. So while God had no pleasure in the death of anyone, including his own son, he does encourage all of us to turn and live. And that word turn means to repent of our sin, which we are incapable of doing until we receive faith from the Holy Spirit. Because that faith teaches us that in Christ, our sins have been forgiven. This is why we encourage many people to listen to the programs on KFUO because program after program reaches out to the world in telling them about the gift of the forgiveness of sins. And along with that gift of the forgiveness of sins comes the gift of repentance. In other words, every preacher becomes like a John the Baptizer in encouraging repentance by pointing out the sins that we do in our vocations. But every pastor also becomes like Jesus in telling the good news that that sin has been paid for, that turning to Jesus and committing yourself to him through that new heart and that new spirit received from the Holy Spirit is how we are saved. So yes, it seems a lot of times that the ways of God are not just. How many times have Christians said something like, what did I do to deserve this when an injury or an accident or suffering or an illness hits them, least expected. But God is just because he will allow those things to happen to strengthen our faith. I mean, is it not a fact that if you have a child that was in an accident and serious, you still pray to God? that he will take care of them. That's the Old Testament reading from Ezekiel 18. I'm Tom Baker, and I thank you for letting me express that God's ways are always just. And that's what we learn from the power of the Holy Spirit, which we will continue tomorrow in taking a look at the hymn,